Welcome back to Non-Professional Dating Advice, Episode 6. Here's truly Kyle Brenchley. As you can tell, I have a very special guest joining me today, Mr. Brett Hammer. You know, time time for the applause, right? Cheer. Woo! Brett Hammer. You, you know, I always find it a little strange calling you Brett because I always knew you oh, yeah. as Elder Hammer or or like other other mission buddies would always just call you Hammer. It's, <laughs> so when I'm saying... You could call me Hammer, bro. Whatever so works. Hammer? All right. We'll go with Hammer, you know. Mr. Hammer, how about that? Well, we're so glad that you are joining us because, you know, you have a drive and enthusiasm for, for dating and for love. Unlike anybody else that I know, man, I feel, I feel like you just, really? like, I feel like you just know things. I feel like you're just so, you're the kind of guy that would just know, you know what I mean? I feel like you're just very knowledgeable on this subject. And maybe it's because, uh, cause I listen to your sports podcast and you just seem like you, you know everything in that realm. And so maybe I'm just assuming you're a Renaissance man and you know, you know, you know your basis and everything. So <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Today. Yeah, Trophy, Trophy Room Radio, Radio, shameless plug. Yeah, there you go. Check it out. <laughs> Trophy Room Radio. You're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Apple, Google. I don't know. Like people listen to us in Germany. I don't know how they find us, but they do. <laughs> so everywhere you can find your podcast, I'm pretty sure we're there. Dang. Well, there you go. Brett Hammer, Trophy Room Radio. Go check him out. Um, but today, as much Kyle, as Kyle, you'll have to come on Trophy Room Radio at some point. I should, yeah, yeah. Bring me on. I you should. We're we're gonna get that in the works. Okay, we'll we'll have we'll have a collab on that side too. We'll we'll, we'll show both we'll show the audiences that both of us can talk about both sports and dating at the same time. So Dude, the crossover event of the year. Dude, heck yes, heck yes, it's gonna be lit. But anyways, we get we got we got some good stuff to talk about today. Um, before we get into that though, Brett, I want you to introduce yourself, Mr. Hammer. Tell us, tell us who Brett really is. That's a good question. I mean, who are any of us really? Whoa. Um, let's see. So I've lived pretty much all over the entire United States, Minnesota, Idaho, Utah, Georgia, Pennsylvania, multiple places in Virginia, DC. And then obviously we both lived in, uh, Canada for a little bit. Um, my entire life is based around chasing the dream of being a sports broadcaster. So play by play, obviously I do a podcast. I'm going to do radio. I'm going to do TV. I'm going to do all of these things. It's not a question if, or when it's like, it, no, it is a question of when, cause I am going to do it. Um, and that literally consumes all of my time. I'm always either reading a book, I'm creating content, I'm watching sports, but like, like I love it to the point where I just like, I don't even want to sleep. I just want to do it. Um, but all that being said, I do like, I, I do enjoy dating. Um, it's been a little bit weird cause I was gone. I didn't go on a date. Let's see from, so my, so my dad passed away in August and then I moved home for like six months and I didn't go on a date for the entire six months that I was home because I was at Penn state university. And, um, let's just say I like being the only person who takes my pants on and off and we'll leave it right there. Um, and so, and so as a result, I haven't been on a whole lot of dates until I came back to Provo in January. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can, we can probably sit here all day and, and, and contrast the dating scene at Penn state and the dating scene at Provo. <laughs> but you know, I think, I think that would take, take a very long time because I feel, I feel like that's very, very different. I don't know. I mean, you're the only one that's experienced both. I, 
I've I've thus far avoided Provo with with every ounce of whatever <laughs> I got, you know. But you know, you hear the stories and and uh, and obviously you live that. But uh, but would you say you've you've gotten back into the the Provo dating scene now that you're back in the promised land? <laughs> Um, if by Provo dating scene, you mean that I went, my first date back was with a girl with a fake spray tan and I guess her hair used to be blonde and I never knew because it was, or it used to be brown, but it's blonde now. And I had no idea. And she was appalled that I pay for my own rent and that I don't have my parents pay it for me. Then, then yes, I have absolutely re-entered the Provo <laughs> dating scene. Savvy, you were a great time, but we're not going out again. Wow. That's like, I mean, I don't like to, to stereotype or to put people in a box, but but that that's 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 the box right there. That's that's Provo dating right there. You know, basic Provo chick in the box. Like that's what you're gonna get nine times out of the ten, which is unfortunate. But hey, you gotta find the one the one out of the ten that's not that typical. I mean, I don't know if typical is your move, then 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 so be it. But uh, I don't. Dude, you like what you like. like. Whatever you like, you just roll yeah. with it. Yeah. Just yeah. own it. So, yeah, what, what, whatever your fancy is, right? Whatever your flavor of cupcake, as my roommate says. I don't know why he says that, but, but <laughs> I, I find it a good analogy. But anyway, so, so we're going we're gonna to have a little discussion here. We're going we're gonna to talk and just have open conversation. But before we do that, I, I, I feel like it would be unjust if, if I don't mention that Valentine's Day was like four days ago. You know, like this is this is supposed to be my Valentine's Day episode. And so the older I've gotten, I've noticed that the things people do on Valentine's Day are a lot more unique and broad than I originally thought. I thought it was like you either went out and like did something really fancy or you stayed at home and did nothing. So I asked on my Instagram, I asked people what they did and I got a lot of responses and I can't share all of them, but I broke it down into categories. I want to share some unique things I found, some sad things I found, and then just my overall top three favorites. I will keep names anonymous, but one that I found very unique is that this person went on a date to Burger Supreme. Is that a place down in Provo or something? Okay, so let me let me just give the quick 411 yeah, on Burger Supreme because I had the exact same thought process you did, except even weirder, worse, because you, so you drive down, uh, I can't remember what that street is when you get off the highway at university. Maybe, I don't, maybe it's called university. Anyway, you drive down and you pass the Walmart and you see this shack of a place on the left side of the street and it looks like a Greek restaurant. And it's like got this weird acrylic writing and, and, and like columns for logos. And it's like, and it's called Burger Supreme. And you walk in there and it is, the only word I can use to describe is sweaty. It's sweaty in there for sure. And you go in and I am not going to lie to you. As far as quality of fries, burger, and shakes go, I'll give it a seven and a half out of ten. It was it exceeded my expectations for what I thought was gonna be a sweatshop. Huh. Interesting. But so so this person takes their date to Burger Supreme on Valentine's Day. So so I mean we can only imagine what what's going on in, in their mind. But then they said that the restaurant caught on fire. While they were there, 
And I was like, what? what? Holy cow. It caught on fire? So, I mean, I guess that will be memorable. You know, I went on a date to Burger Supreme and the place caught on fire. This one was very unique. I'm not much of a video game guy, and, and I don't know if you are, Brett, but uh, this one individual said they'd co-opt Borderlands 3 with their spouse. I've never, I've never played Borderlands, have you? No, no, I haven't. What does co-opted mean? Um, I would assume... Oh, like they, like, co-opt, like they played together? Yeah, I assume that's what it means. Like, they, like, they both got a controller and they, like, did a level... I don't know. But, <laughs> to, uh, to each their own, I guess. And then this one was very unique. Um, a group of people got together and they threw a big birthday party, even though it was no one's birthday. Isn't that just a party, then? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because, birth, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, it, wouldn't that just be a Valentine's Day party? Like, you're just throwing a party, but it's no one's birthday. I got a lot of sad responses, actually. And that kind of made me sad. Because I guess a lot of people don't like Valentine's Day. Um, I feel like it's a little bit of an overrated holiday. Just like a little bit. I would agree. I would agree. I think most people would agree that it's, it's, it's not stupid, but it's, it's like... It's just like over the top you know it's like why why do we even have it what's the point like just another reminder that i'm here and not with you we got uh -huh. anyways one of my homies said he played basketball because quote valentine's day is a joke poor guy <laughs> i uh i hope he got buckets though uh let's see someone else said they just hung out with friends but it should be different if i had a man valentine's day is a joke Another joke there. And then last but not least, he says, all I did was school, work, and there was not a lady in sight. Poor guy. Poor guy. But hey, let's end on a good note before we get to the juicy stuff. Um, my favorite ones were one of my friends, she went to San Francisco with her significant other and spent the weekend there for Valentine's Day. Have you ever gotten the heart-shaped pizza? From Papa Murphy's, Brett? I have not. It's nothing special. I mean, it's shaped like a heart. But it's just like, I feel like that's just such like a solid tradition. Like, get a heart-shaped pizza. Like, that's cool. And then the last one, I had a few people say they went candle making. Candle making? Yeah, candle making. I have never made candles before. I actually watched a video on how to make candles. It's an interesting process, but... But what, what, what spells out love more than let's make candles together? I mean, I guess don't <laughs> knock it till you try it. But like candle making has to be one of the top five most boring activities on planet Earth. Like that sounds like one of the things that you did for like youth group or mutual when you were in church. Like that's that's where I would rank that activity. Wow. So, so that's a, that's a hard pass for, for, for Brett moving forward. Don't expect. I'll do any day if the girl is hot enough. <laughs> Candle making though is definitely borderline. Oh, yikes. Wow. Even if she was a 10 out of 10. Now if she's a 10. I'll go candle making with her. Oh, nice. I'll lick dirt with her. If she's a 10 out of 10, like <laughs> I don't even care. Th thanks guys for sharing your, your Instagram Valentine's day stories. Um, whether you spent it at home, alone, or at a 
Burger Supreme where it caught fire. Please. Kyle, can I tell a juicy Valentine's Day story? Yes. Or are we done with Valentine's Day? Oh, no, no. Yeah, share it if it's juicy. All right. I got it. This is a pretty juicy Valentine's Day story, so buckle up. This is a pretty good one. Okay, so when I was in high school, I had a fling with this girl. I think her name's Emily. For the life of me, I can't remember. Bless her heart. She was a great girl. Um, anyway. Wait, hold on, hold on. You you think her name was Emily? You don't even remember? I mean, I was in high school. Do you remember all the girls that you thought were cute in high school? Actually, yes. Actually, yes. All right, well, I went to multiple high schools, so <laughs> that's my excuse. Right. Plus, right. I had five concussions in high school. I'll keep giving you excuses until I have to, but... Um, okay, so this girl named Emily... Not that important to the story. The only reason that she's relevant is because at the end of this story, I end up with her sister. Anyway. So yeah, little little tease. So Emily and I had a fling. I was like 16, I think, at the time. I think we might have kissed. I don't remember. We Like, we went out a couple of times. Wasn't a big deal. Anyway. She had this older sister. Um, and... Yeah, I'll keep her nameless just in case anyone I know has listened to this. Anyway, um, we'll just call her, uh, we'll just call her Katie. Is that fair? Okay. So I found out probably towards the end of high school that Katie had a fat crush on me. Like the entire time I had a fling with her sister through high school while I had a girlfriend. And so, and the thing was, I didn't know this and she and I ended up becoming like best friends. And so she was one of my best friends. Like she was like my oldest sister. And I come to find out like after we graduate and she's like two, three years older than me. So it was kind of weird. Like when I was a sophomore or freshman and she was a senior anyway. So I moved away from this high school, moved to Pennsylvania, which is like four hours North of where I was living before, which is where Katie lived. Um, and then February of 2020, I was getting ready to go on my mission in March and she hadn't seen me in a while. And she sends me a text and she's like, Hey, when am I going to see you before you leave? Cause like, we're still good friends. And I found out that she had been into me, but that was like a couple years ago before I went to college. So I didn't think it was a big deal. And I was like, um, and I was working, like trying to make a lot of money so that I could pay for my mission and pay for college and stuff. So she's like, well, how does, uh, like what does next week look like for you? And I was like, honestly, I was like the only night I have free is Wednesday. So we could do Wednesday. And she goes, okay, sounds good. Um, I didn't realize until Wednesday because, again, like, of the genitalia I have because I'm a man, like, I don't really know when Valentine's Day is. And I come to find out that this day that I had asked her out for was Valentine's oh Day. Oh, my gosh. With this girl who had, like, had a crush on me while I dated her sister, while we were in high school, when I moved away. Like, and I figured it was done. Um, but I was like, oh, we're just friends hanging out. Cause I wasn't like that into her. Like she was attractive, but I wasn't into her anyway, to make a long story short, we go out on Valentine's day. I didn't think it was a big deal. All of my friends told me that I was an idiot and they're probably fair because again, I'm a man. Um, and so we go out on Valentine's day and end up making out in the back of my car for a couple of hours, which was, it was really spontaneous. I, I honestly am. I'm not going to say shamed, but I'm very surprised that it happened. But yeah, so I made out with the sister of a girl I used to date who also was like a girl who was almost like my older sister for three years of high school. And then this is where things get the best. Are you ready for this, Kyle? This is where things get juicy. Here we go. 
two days before, I didn't know this. So, so Rose ended up getting married, uh, probably like nine, like October of that year. This was in February. She got married in October. Fun fact. And this is why I'm leaving her name out of this. She had just started dating, like dating officially this guy who she's married to now. And we made out. Now, don't blast me in the comments and the DMs or my Twitter. I didn't know that any of this had happened, but I guess she took the opportunity because she was like, and this other thing, she drove four hours to see me and then drove home that night or maybe the next morning. I can't remember either way, but two days after she officially started the day, she, the guy she ended up marrying, we made out. Holy cow. Where, where do I even begin? <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so let's break this down. Yeah, shall we? Let's yeah, uh, yeah. let's let's go into the film room and oh man, I wish I had could draw like the X's and O's and the and the routes that we gotta get a whiteboard up in here. Invest in that. Seriously, but holy cow. So so this was like you said this was like pretty soon before you would leave for two years on your mission. So I left in March and this, this was, was in February. February. That was so, two thousand eighteen. So she was thinking like, man. Like, this is, like, my only shot. It's, like, now or never. Well, the thing was, like, we hadn't even talked for, like, three or four months. Because I went off to BYU-Idaho. And, oh, this is the other thing. Um, She got really... She was actually at BYU-Idaho that semester, that winter semester before. And she got really mad at me for no good reason at all. And then decided not to talk to me. For like the next five months until January and then texted me and apologized, whatever. And so then I was like, well, I feel like I should see you before I leave. And so we were talking and then she ended up saying like, yeah, like let's hang out. And then she drove up. Holy cow. See, see, in my mind, driving four hours for anybody at all. Like, even, no. if, even if like you like actually like are into them or whatever like four hours that's like so far so much of an investment and like what what was she expecting like because you were leaving like she really wanted to see you that i mean no no offense but she really wanted to see you that bad like you know what i'm saying like what's going through this girl's head my man so okay so so originally so originally I would say I wouldn't drive four hours for a girl, but I, last year I was dating a girl who lived in Idaho, um, named Savannah and Savannah, I would absolutely take you out again. So I I'd love to make the four hour thing work. Um, but anyway, so Katie, yeah. Th- so first of all, that's a lot. Second of all, I had no intention of making out with her when she drove up. So when we were like, we literally went out and got a pizza and I didn't even think I really was thinking about the fact that it was Valentine's Day. But then I look back and I'm like, I'm such a moron. I asked a girl who had a crush on me for three years out on Valentine's Day. Like absolutely asinine. No excuse at all. But yeah, I didn't plan on making out with her at all when she was driving up. But we just like happened to be sitting in the car in a parking lot. And you know how it goes when you're 19 years old and the girl's cute. And you're just like, well, I'm not going to kiss a girl for another two years and you just have all these feelings build up and i and and i'm so shocked i even pulled the trigger 
because that's like a scary thing to pull a trigger and kiss a girl, especially when you don't know how they're going to react. And, uh, yeah, so she drove four hours for us to make out and then for her to get married to a guy, another guy, like nine months later. Wow. That is, I don't know what to think about that. That is so, isn't that a juicy story though? It's so juicy because it's like, there's just so much in there. Like you dated her sister first. She, she, she liked you this entire time nothing happens and then like all the out of the blue she's just like hey what's good you end up going out on valentine's day she drives four hours you both get some action and then she goes off and marries this other guy who she had already started dating when she made out with you on valentine's day so so my question is my question is, what did she tell the guy? Like, obviously, he was probably like, hey, let, let's do something on Valentine's Day. What was her excuse for not spending Valentine's Day with him? Okay, so this is another reason that I have not um, disclosed the name. This is juicy. But, uh, so he doesn't know that that, 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 that happened, according to her. And I know that he doesn't like me, but he not he doesn't like me, and he still doesn't know that this happened. Well, hopefully he doesn't hear this podcast. <laughs> Dude, I and I don't want to look like a homewrecker. Like, this is just a good Valentine's Day story, and I absolutely have plausible deniability because I had no idea that they were dating. Yeah, no, no. I, th- I, think, uh, I think you were probably the most shocked for sure out of, out of out of all parties involved but that wow that's just that's a story you just don't make up that's a story that's just not i wish i could yeah you know what i mean it's one of those stories you're like wow i wish that didn't actually happen but it did and that's a those are the kind of stories that need to be shared you know those are the kind that's why that's why you do this podcast exactly exactly you know that's i mean i'm not here to give advice i'm here to to let the people share their stories man Holy cow. Man, I wouldn't be surprised if this episode blows up just because that story had probably the hottest temperature out of any stories that have been shared on this podcast thus far. It was definitely saucy for sure. (laughs) Holy cow. Well, I mean, let's see. This, This Valentine's Day, it sounds like from what you told me, you didn't have as as uh, juicy as an experience this time around but 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 tell us what did you do this valentine's day what what was your what was your mindset going into valentine's 2022 so i feel like we'll we'll get get into this later so i won't get into my dating mentality right now but i will tell you this last week i made the decision of a lifetime i had these jordan one neutral grays that i have worn a total of three times and I was sitting there and I was like, so my thing is, and you probably saw this in your comments, like I, I told, I said that for Valentine's Day, I drank Monster and played Madden. Like I played some sweaty 15 year olds and I had the best time doing it. Um, but yeah, so I sold these Jordans and my my ex, I don't know if I should say that, but my ex got me a really good deal on the new Xbox One Series S. And so I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, let's take that deal. So she got me a really good deal. And I used the money that I got from selling those Jordans because I got like 200 bucks from it. 
and uh, yeah, bought the Xbox One, and it saved my it single handedly saved my Valentine's Day. Wow. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I I I think your testimony right there just proves that you don't need somebody else to have a good time on Valentine's Day. You just need a controller and some monsters. Dude, all I'm saying is, whatever you do in life, just own it. Because life is going to suck, things are going to go your way, they're going to not go your way, but like, the way I see it is, if you're not going to be present, you're going to waste your time. Like, if you're wishing you were doing something else, either go do it, or live with what you're doing right now, but either way, just shut up and enjoy the moment. Holy cow, wise words. Have you ever considered writing a book, Brett? Oh, yes. Oh, easily. I'm going to write multiple books. That's like, that's been on, I mean, I don't know when, but I got so many things I can write books about. Um, so yeah, that's, that's on the docket. I'm going to write books for sure. In fact, like I've wanted to do a, a dating thing for a, a podcast for a while. So I'm just grateful to be here with you and get to share some of my, my gifted wisdom or lack thereof. Holy cow, man. Well, well, for all the listeners and viewers, you can you can see how enthusiastic Brett is on this subject. Like, like he's very invested in this and 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 very passionate about it. So, so Brett, at this time, I want you to, I want you to explain why you have such a zest for this topic. Mm. Like, I meet so many people who have varying degrees of interest, um, but it seems like you just have some uppity up about it you know (laughs) uppity up uh let's see so i feel like my dating history is typical and atypical in that i spent a lot of time like and again like i'll be just be real about it like i spent a lot of time going on dates making out and then never talking again And it was never like an intentional thing, but I'm starting to realize now that when you make out with a girl on the first date, you do like, you usually don't leave the best impression. And so I have since changed and that was probably me beginning of last year. And then I realized that I don't really want to do that anymore. Like making out with girls and then not talking to them. Like it doesn't do that much for you unless you're kissing a girl that you're really into. But the reason I'm so fired up about this is because, I mean, I think I just am a passionate person like 100% of the time. Like I I always, I am 100 and I'm a little bit extra and there's nothing wrong with that because I own who I am. But I feel like there's such a unnecessary disconnect when it comes to dating. There's so many games and I'm so anti-game Like, I just like it to work out. I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to get married. But I also want men and women alike to be supported and supplied in knowing how to beat the game. And so that's why I'm like, I just got to make sure that everybody knows and everybody feels supported in the way that they're going about it if they're doing it the right way. Very interesting take on that because in earlier episodes, I have talked about the idea of this dating game, right? And so many people are like, how do I play? How do I win this game? Like, like it's like, it's like one of those things where it's just like, it's so hard to answer, but at the same time, it's like, why are we all playing this game? Like, why can't we just, like you said, have both parties be happy about it and figure it out? Why, like, why, why, why 
do we play games, man? You know, I, I really just don't know. I mean, I do um, know, but I want to hear what you think. Let me start right here. Social media, Tinder, Hinge, Mutual have ruined dating. And I say that for a couple of reasons. So I, I study, I'm a communications major. And so right now I'm in a media studies class and we're, ta- and we're talking about uh, media cultivation theory and how media cultivates our perception, how it makes us see certain things. Um, and one of the things that I brought up in this class is that social media, and, and we all know this, right? We know that social media develops a perception where we only see the best things about everyone, right? We see the all Madden version of everybody. Everybody looks like they could just go out and be a 99 overall. But in reality, there's a lot of red flags. There's a lot of stats that you a 65 overall in. And so the issue becomes these men and women will only date someone who they see as, as, as passing the 99 overall. And one of the things that I'm coming to learn is that, first of all, this is just a rule of life. Are you ready for this? I'm about to blow your world. And this is not discriminatory. But if a girl has a Visco in her bio on Instagram, nine times out of 10, you don't want to date her. Like I'm already telling you that right now. I'm sure she's a great girl. She's not for you. So Visco is a red flag. Um, and I can't even remember where I was going with that. But what I'm saying is people, uh, it's raised our standards to unreasonably high levels where I'm like, Oh, if she doesn't look like a 10, then I don't want to date her. Like, I think we used to be, I don't want, I don't even think it's settling, but I think we now strive for perfection in a very unrighteous and unnecessary and needless way. And so we see a lot of people who like five years ago, if everyone didn't have to doctor up their entire lives, I'd be like, you know what? She's a really cool girl and she's really cute. But now we're like, oh, well, she doesn't have a Visco. Oh, she doesn't have bikini pics on her Instagram. Oh, she doesn't have a six pack or, oh, he doesn't have a six pack. So therefore I'm not going to date him. And so I think one of the many reasons that this is a game is because some people have two unreasonably high expectations and usually the people who fall into that range of uh, superficial attractiveness have so many other red flags that you miss a lot of personality that you might get in a girl who doesn't look like she just walked out of Queen Creek, Arizona or Highland, Utah. <laughs> oh, that's, I'm laughing because it's so true. I mean, those two areas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, this goes for the hose. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to be dropping the merch uh, link down in the bio. Please, please, please buy. Please support yep. the merch. Money will go to donated to um, help young girls realize that Visco will make them a hoe. <laughs> so it's all charity, all charity, all love. Charity. Go, go free and cause. donate. Go fund me. Good cause. Well, Brett, you brought up a, a lot of interesting points. I, th- I think, uh, you know, something that really plagues the dating world is, is, is the idea of unrealistic expectations, right? And we, we, we can have a whole segment about expectations. I mean, I've talked about it before, and I'll probably talk about it again. Um, but but what what's your what would your advice be? Like, how do we how do we not go into dating with those unrealistic expectations? 
Oh, that's tough. Because again, I feel like it's so. When I was first at college, like my freshman year back in 2017, 18, I had no problem just walking up to random girls and just asking them out. And the thing I've realized is that doesn't really work. Like no matter how big your balls are, unless you look like Matthew McConaughey or Brad Pitt, the things you see in those movies don't work. It's the Brad Pitt theory where two guys can do the exact same thing. If the girl's attracted to him, it works. If she's not attracted to him, she's calling the police. So I think you have that issue where it's hard to cultivate comfortability out of nothing. But also on the other hand, if you don't look like a 10 on social media, then you can't slide in or get on a date on the apps anyway. The only, and and I'm trying to figure this out too, because I haven't been on that many dates since I've been back. So I, so I live at the place where I live right now, there's like a lot of hot girls in our ward. There's a lot of BYU cheerleaders in our ward. And I don't even know if what, how the conversation would go if I asked them out, but I know I don't want to ask them out because I know that I don't like the superficiality of those girls. Like no matter how attractive they are, I'm at a point where I'm like, Hey, well, I want to date someone who's going to be an equal with me and I'm not going to have to tell her how to think. Um, that's probably really misogynist. I'll take that back. But you know what? I'm, you get what I'm saying. Like, I want someone who's equal. I don't want someone who just wants to do things because I want to do them. Um, and so I think the key really is, like, I think meeting girls at parties works. Meeting girls at church. Like, you gotta, like you can't ask the girl out right off the bat. You can't ask her out the first time you see her. You can't ask her out the first day of class. Like, you really do have to develop a level of comfortability and banter before you just go right and ask them out. And the other thing that comes with that is when you ask them for their number or when you, every girl, I don't know why they do this, but when a guy talks to a girl and you, you like, you nod your head if I'm right, but like every girl, as soon as you talk to them, they think you're hitting on them. Right? So, um, the thing is, is when you, when you try to cultivate that tiny, tiny, and I'm not saying like talk to them for three months. I'm just saying, don't ask them out the first day. And when you don't ask them out the first day or the second day, then they're like, wait, I'm assuming like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for the wall to hit and I'm bracing for impact. And he hasn't asked me out yet. So what's the deal? And then, and, and again, I'm not a proponent of playing the game, at least not intentionally or maniacally but you almost take back a little bit of the power and I feel, and it shouldn't be a power struggle, but I feel like sometimes it is because women just get to sit there and we have to go cultivate everything. And so I think the secret, I don't have the secret and I don't know how to play the game, but like you do have to have a level of patience in order for them to not feel like you're a simp. You know, that was brilliant. You, you were absolutely onto something there. And the reason I say that is because I recently have taken that exact approach that you just described, right? But you didn't learn it the first time, right? Like it took you a while to well earn that. Yeah. You know, you know, the reason I took that approach was because I would look back and be like, this has not worked in the past. So I need to try something new. It's a, it's like that, that quote, you know, if, uh, if you do the same thing over and over again, 
expecting different results, like that's the definition of insanity, right? Same yep. thing as applies in dating. Like, like if if for some reason um, you aren't getting dates and you're trying, um, you gotta you gotta switch up your approach. And so I actually did that recently, and and you know it works so much better than than just going straight for the kill, you know, because you you, you gotta be patient, and it's like it's almost like in a way you could consider that playing the game, like 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 waiting and like. And making sure you're comfortable and and you know not going straight for the kill but at the same time i think it just makes sense from both sides you know because if if we were in the the girl's position yeah i'd feel kind of strange if a guy who i do not know at all just comes up to me and says hey like you're great like like let's go out like i would feel i don't know i wouldn't feel super great about that i'd feel a lot more comfortable with somebody who i've you know met at at church or or in my class and then i've talked to and maybe i've hung out like in groups a couple times you know it just it's all about level of comfort comfortability i i I feel like you know like if they're not comfortable you're never gonna you're never gonna get it right and so it does take patience and uh and it pays off it pays off you know that's what i've heard i don't know if it pays off but people do say that well, 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 this is your invitation then to try it. This is, this, this is perfect time right here. Not just Brett, but for all the listeners and viewers, perfect time to try. Try the slow approach. Patience. It works. Dude, it's like you can't run a go route every snap. Because exactly. if you do, then they just drop back, play cover three, and, and you never get anywhere because they'll just eat you and as soon as a girl feels like she's eating and she owns you she's no longer interested like you gotta switch it up you gotta give the double move you gotta give the slant you gotta get the out the hitch like you have to mix it up because like unless you're Tyreek Hill unless you're Brad Pitt just straight up brute force you're never gonna beat her over top you gotta make her come down and play you Wise words there, Coach Madden. Wise words. That's right. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yes, rest in peace, John Madden. Good guy. Um, but yeah, I uh, I don't know. It just it's something I've 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 preached on this podcast is that dating is so relative and so individual that that there's really not one antidote or one right answer. No. Right. You know, so you have to try all these different things if you want. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't want to date, you don't have to. Like, no. Like, and, and, but I assume people listening to this are people who want to know. And so you got to switch it up. You got to keep things interesting. And at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, then you got to switch up your strategy no matter whether it's working or not, you know? So just a lot of things to consider and you know as long as we just keep the the ongoing discussion and conversation on on how we can how we can be better or new approaches or, or whatever it is right it's it's just so fascinating to to try to figure things out can i ask you a couple questions yeah shoot because i have a couple of theories and maybe i'm just prideful but I just like I want to I want to I want to test the world on these. All right, let's hear it. So here's my first thing, and this is something I also feel like I've learned. I feel like if I ask you out, 
and you cancel, you are responsible for rescheduling with me and not the other way around. So like this girl, I had a date tonight actually, Carly, super sweet girl. She's in my, I think she's in a class I have. Anyway, so we were supposed to go out tonight and she canceled on me last night. She texted me and said, hey, can we reschedule? And I said, yeah, for sure. I didn't reschedule. I'm letting her take that opportunity because to me, I'm like, I already asked you out. I already told you that I was I was interested. If you still would like to go out after you canceled, it is a, you are accountable and responsible to reschedule with me and I will absolutely still do it. Yeah, so I, I was actually, um, I've had multiple conversations about this. Um, so in, in, in the situation here where, where they had have to cancel or let's say they're not able to say go out on a certain night or certain time, um, obviously if they are interested in actually going out, I believe that it should be the person who, who had to cancel should be their responsibility to, to say, okay, well, I'm not available tonight or I can't tonight, but how about Saturday at seven or how about next week at this time, you know, because that just shows that they want to go out, but it also is, it's, uh, I think it's the respectful thing to do because the other person went out of their way to try to plan something and you couldn't. And so to kind of repay that, you know, you take the initiative. I, I, I agree with you on that one. I think, um, I think that's the way it should be. But I think a lot of the times, especially when the girl cancels, there's still that um, notion that the guy should, should plan things, you know? And I think that's just a learned behavior that mm -hmm. is pretty prevalent and, probably won't be unlearned at any time but that's just the way a lot of people think i i you know so i feel like the hard part is because guys have to do the asking out a lot of nice guys get like almost dragged around on a leash a little bit where it's like the girl cancels so then the guy attempts to reschedule mm -hmm. and it's like as soon as you do that you almost give her a little bit of a notion that she can do whatever she wants and you'll still try and fix it. And it's not always that way. Like some girls really genuinely do and like they won't even notice that and they'll be like, yeah, look, we can absolutely go out again. You reschedule. It's great. You get married. But then there's some girls who uh, the Visco girls, as soon as you let them know that you'll bend over backwards for them when it's unnecessary and you don't owe them that they will take advantage of that or they'll just realize I have control over him. Therefore I not that attracted to him anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess you just, you just go with, with what you, your approach or you just go with what you think is right. And if the girl doesn't, or if the guy doesn't, you know, reciprocates, then it's just like, well, I'm not going to cross this boundary and I guess you're not either. So moving on, you know what I mean? So. Okay. So I have another question for you. Okay. Let's go. This is my last one. Um, and this is another theory I have, and I'm sure I'll think of more over the months and come to you with them. But I, I don't think there should be any rules because I hate that people feel like they have to do certain thing or they have to do something else. But I also feel like, there's a difference between rules and indicators. So like, 
I think it should be. If I ask you out, again, I have gone through the vulnerability of telling me, hey, I'm interested in you. If the date goes well, you are responsible for texting me to either say, hey, I had a good time and hey, we should do something again. Like, I don't think the guy, because then the guy's always going to be wondering, well, I don't know if she's going to, I don't want to go too hard. I don't want to push too far. Like, I think whoever asks is out on the date, the other person should be the one who reciprocates at the end of the night to say, hey, I had a really good time. Let's do this again. And, and like, it's fine if the guy is the one who asks the date again, but I don't think it's fair for one side to do all the heavy lifting when they have already initiated contact and told you they were into you by asking you out in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer in um, equal effort um, and reciprocated effort, right? And if I don't, if I don't feel that early on or, or throughout the, the relationship or out the process, it kind of, kind of, uh, makes me weary, you know? And so I, I think that would really go along with what I personally believe. And I, I think a lot of people feel the same way. Like they want, um, a reciprocation, they want, um, an equal effort. Um, and so I think that's a very realistic um, want or realistic, uh, expectation that, that, that you have, that you, you expect them to do that because, you know, they need to pull their weight per se, you know, like they need to help with, uh, with the, with the burden, you know? So I think, I think it's definitely, uh, definitely a respectable thing to do. And I, I do think a lot of people tend to do that. I feel like I've had experience where, where I ask a girl on a date and then she is the one that says, Oh, I had a really good time. But in other instances, I also, you know, don't know if they will. And so that's when I feel like obligated to say that still, you know, because I'm like, hey, maybe they are expecting me to say it still or or like they don't want to come out and say it first because they're the girl. You know, it just it just really depends. But you make a very good point. I think. Well, I think you marry a very good point when you talk about equal because I, I don't think a relationship should ever be, you have to pull this much weight and I have to pull this much weight. Because a relationship is not a have to, it's a want to. And I think it's a point that you and I have unofficially alluded to multiple times in the past 30 minutes. But if a girl doesn't want to pull the weight, she's probably not into you. And no matter how much she thinks she is, you never want to be in a relationship with someone who isn't into you, even if they think they are. And someone who's into you is going to be willing, they're going to want to pull their weight. They're going to want to see you again. Now, granted, that's not, they want to see you again tomorrow, because if they want to see you every single day after that, then they might be a little codependent. I don't know. But you want to be in a relationship with someone who wants to be in a relationship with you. And if she wants to, then she'll probably end up doing a lot of these things and not making you do them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess just kind of to close here, it, it's, it's so interesting how many times I, I get people asking me like, how do I know that he slash she is into me? 
And it's just going to be so evident in the amount of effort she or he puts in either A, trying to see you or trying to reach out to you. Like, it's just going to be so evident in, in how they act and their actions. Like, they can say whatever they want. They could, you know, you know, do whatever they want over social media and text you as, as much as they want. But, like, if they really want to make an effort, they will and you will know and you won't be in doubt. No matter how much of a doubter you are, you're going to know because the effort is going gonna, is gonna to show for it. And so at the end of the day, is she into me? Is he into me? You're going to know by, by the amount of effort. And you're going to feel that effort. You're going to see that effort. And it's just going to be very evident. Yeah, it kind of sucks when people say, if you know, you know. Like, it's hard to hear that. Because they're like, oh, it's supposed to be really easy. And it's like, yeah, well, easy for you to say it worked out for you. Mm -hmm. um, but it is the unfortunate truth. Like, when someone's into you, you're going to know. And if you don't know, nine times out of ten, it's because they're not into you. And to me, I'd rather rip that Band-Aid off sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts, Brett, before we say goodnight to our wonderful listeners and viewers? Whatever you do, just own it. Just like, I don't know. Everybody should just love themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should just love you. And if you love you, then you're going to realize, okay, maybe she wasn't the girl for me. This, that, or the other. But, like, it's not a race. It sucks and it's hard to be patient. But, like, at the end of the day... This is a philosophy I live my entire life by every single aspect of my life. When I heard this quote, it changed my life. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And this is coming from someone who, like, I go to therapy for a lot of things. Like, I lost my dad last year. Like, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. There is a way, and I'm not perfect addict. I don't know what it is. But you should enjoy you and you should enjoy life. And there is always a way to continue to do that. And so... I don't know, dude, like just have a good time. Whatever you do, own it, own you, love you. Eventually, like people want, a girl wants a guy who can love himself. And so if you can love yourself, that's all you got to figure out. And you should want someone who can be equal in that with you, not someone who's incredibly codependent or way too independent. You know what I'm saying? Know what you're saying. And I hope everybody, hope everybody internalizes that. I hope all the listeners and viewers can take that away um, because that's, that's just solid gold right there. I mean, you got to love yourself and, 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 and straight, straight from the heart right there. As you, as you heard, Brett, that was just straight from the heart, you know? So, so thank you so much, Mr. Brett Hammer. This has truly been a pleasure and it's always a good time. Always a good time to hear, hear the different aspects and the, the different stories and, and, and the different unique things that make us all unique. So Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to Non-Professional Dating Advice with Kyle Berenchley. We will see you guys later.